Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Hey, welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here. I'm Jason Davis, and uh, we're back right after the midterm selections. And of course, a lot of uh, interesting things are going on, especially here on our home turf in Arizona, but we're not going to get into that too much today. I want to talk uh, more about healthcare and the state of healthcare. So I'm going to bring in our guest for the day. You've probably seen him. He's a keynote speaker, best-selling author. Uh, he's actually an educator, homeopathic uh, practitioner, and he's the host of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, Robert Scott Bell is with us. Thank you for being here. How are you? Good to be with you, Jason. Yeah, in the midst of all the broadcasting and, and the apparent chaos, as you pointed out, the selection that just occurred. And, you know, what, what do we do? We don't have any political saviors to come save us. I think we got to really look at this differently if you haven't already, which I'm sure you have. Absolutely. And actually, uh, I've been warning for about two years that it's actually just a uni party system and both sides are completely fake and the elections are fake. And we've proven it, you know, here, the Arizona audit and, um, you know, people like Joe Von Pulitzer, who actually examined the ballots. Um, the evidence is there for some reason. Nobody wants to report on it. But mm. what I really wanted to ask you about is, you know, now that they've selected their next round of communists, um, how bad is the next lockdown going to be? <laughs> well, I, I look at that and I say, yeah, inevitably, they're going to attempt to enforce another lockdown. The question is, how many of those that participated and enabled it last time are going to do so again? Or will we have a critical mass uh, of individuals that say, uh-uh, not participating. You can't mm -hmm. make me do it. Uh, I read about Rosa Parks in history, and I ain't going to the back of the bus, or I ain't even getting on the bus if you're on it, uh, talking about those that want to lock us down. So I still, um, uh, I'm with you. I agree that they're going to attempt it. Um, I don't know what, as I've speculated on my show, Jason, that they have to come up with something scarier than what they did the last time. Yeah. And, you know, my, my producer, Superdon, and I were talking, and he thinks it's Ebola or some variation, Marburg, because mm -hmm. when people bleed from their eyes, that that's a visual that is so scary that people will go, oh, okay, well, now 
I said I wasn't going to give up my rights to, to be free, but hey, I don't want to bleed out my eyeballs. So, okay, give me a shot, quarantine me, cover me and, you know, saran wrap, whatever you got to do. So it's a question of is is the percentage of people that will live in fear as they see images like that, if that's the case, enough yeah. to facilitate that next lockdown? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be scarier. I agree. They've been floating this Marburg thing for a while. There's been, you know, things have been coming out about that. And of course, Ebola is is very bad. And I thought for a while they were going to use monkeypox, but that seems to have kind of fizzled out. But yeah, um, it wasn't scary enough. And, and I, I guess in certain yeah. specific risk behaviors that would manifest in and, and the folks were going, I don't do that. So there you go. But to your point, you know, when you say how many people are going to go along with it next time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I go out and about, uh, there's still a pretty significant number of people uh, wearing the face diaper. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I live in a, uh, you know, rural community. So um, wow. the cities are even worse than that. Um, so, I mean, do you, do you kind of see that yourself the same or is it different? Well, I've been traveling a lot for the last six or seven weeks on airplanes and, uh, maybe one, two or 3% of the people are wearing masks. So it's very minimal in terms of travel, uh, where, where I am, very few people are wearing masks, but, uh, there certainly are some, but I, I'm looking at a very small percentage, as you point out though. Uh, if you go into the cities like I was just at the Red Pill Expo, which we had were Griffin this weekend, and it was in Salt Lake City, and young people there uh, were wearing masks more often than anybody else. I'm like, dude, what's your, you know? I want to say, what's your what's your problem? Hey, bud, what's your problem? <laughs> but you know, I didn't want to engage in these woke people because there's no rational discussion with them. Uh, so there will be these people that li- are are living in fear right now. I mean, why would they be wearing the mask? Are they so traumatized that they're afraid of anybody breathing near them uh, in the midst of, okay, COVID is clearly not here relative to what they claimed it was. And uh, those that are injured by the vaccines are, you know, very real and dying right now of that, not of COVID. So uh, percentage wise, it, it looks to me the, you know, the young liberals, those that are going to, you know, college school universities, they're in, entrenched in Marxist philosophies and collectivism. They'll they'll be all in, you know, and shout us at, if they could shout us right now for not wearing masks, they wouldn't get away with it. So uh, I think that it will be more difficult as long as we have a very strong and present memory of what we just went to, which, you know, indicates to me that they would be hard pressed to figure out something that would work this time very soon from now because the memory is so fresh. If it dissipates for a while longer, how long? I don't know. They might be able to, you know, go in and go, we forgot what it was like. We forgot. And, and, and yeah, we, we need to put masks on. We need to get jabbed again. We need to shut down a lockdown again. So, I, as I say, they have to come up with something so scary. And, you know, maybe it's an alien invasion plus Marburg. And I'm talking an outer space one. You've heard them, you know, kind of toying with that idea as well. Would that work? War of the World style, uh, H.G. Wells style. Uh, I don't know. I know that uh, the folks where I am are heavily armed and they're ready to defend their their freedoms and they're not going to cooperate with it. But, you know, maybe I'm naive and maybe they come up with some visual that is so frightening that even the people that love freedom will go, OK, well, this time it's really an emergency and let's just give up our freedoms again. Yeah, time will tell. Um, time will tell. They're mm-hmm. obviously going to be coming for the Second Amendment. You mentioned uh, being heavily armed. They're going to be coming for the Second Amendment hot and heavy. Um, that's going to be top of the agenda, I promise you. So let me get back to this. So we were talking about like solutions. We've been telling people for 
almost, you know, a little over two years now, stay out of the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to find alternative ways to get treatment. So naturopathic medicine, homeopathic medicine, as you're involved with and so forth. And I'm sure you'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you about a couple specific things as it relates to that. So first this talk of vaccine shedding. Okay. And now, you know, we're seeing reports of similar things being found in, in pure bloods, um, that were only in the vaccinated blood before. So, so are they, are these vaccinated people, you know, are they like passing around the, uh, you know, walking dead zombie gene to everybody else or what's going on here? Yeah. And just to indicate, I think what you mean by pure blood are those that have not been jabbed officially directly. Correct. And and so, yeah, this idea that, that, um, if we are not jabbed, we're completely free of whatever it is they've brought into the population, I think is a little bit naive because when you talk about mRNA technology, the ability to alter DNA protein synthesis and what they're synthesizing, at least according to their patents, are these spike proteins. And I know there's more to it than that, but at the very least, those things are very small, 10 nanometers. Uh, and if you're producing them, you're going to shed and spread them. And, and in that context, yes, exposure is inevitable. And I don't say that to frighten everybody because I believe there are strategies that we could implement, including some of which you sort of in, inferenced, uh, you know, moments ago, uh, what we can do in the midst of that. But I think that we can't uh, completely hide from it. It's it's everywhere now. Now that doesn't mean panic and it's all over. We're going to die because again, knowing what damage is done and how it's done, we can strategically counteract it and generate and regenerate healthy tissue faster than those things try to degenerate tissue. Uh, so there are, are things we can do in the midst of that, but there's no doubt that we are exposed no matter what. Yeah. And that seems to be the case. And that seems to be consensus now among people studying it. So let's talk about that. Then give us, um, you know, two or three simple things that people can do to try to mitigate these effects. Sure. Uh, I think that one of the things I've been lecturing on uh, is the use of uh, copper because uh, many people, even allopathically inclined, were taking a lot of zinc and vitamin C, and those things are known to deplete copper stores or resources in the body if you don't know what to do to counteract it. So we're, we're looking at copper as a mineral that is critical for connective tissue integrity, vascular integrity, and a lot of the impact of these COVID jabs is on the endothelial tissue, including um, you know, the heart muscle itself, we've, we've heard a lot about myocarditis and pericarditis, but also peripheral vascular impact, uh, veins, arteries, microcapillary beds, all being damaged at the endothelial layer, uh, copper and selenium are critical minerals to protect against that. And then also nitric oxide production, which is facilitated most readily and systemically and safely and sustained in fact, by the use of the dietary supplement called cardio miracle. So strategically choosing to, you know, remineralize and, and take a, a formulation like Cardio Miracle, we could withstand the assault on the endothelial tissue, the vascular system, where most of the negative impact that could induce death is occurring to prevent those deaths from happening. Okay. So Cardio Miracle, kind of like um, maybe like a cocktail of supplements and vitamins and uh, things like that. Yeah, it's a it's pretty, pretty profound, comprehensive formulation with whole food supplements as well as uh, specific ingredients like L-arginine, citrulline, and uh, beets that are known to facilitate a spike in production of nitric oxide. 
But if we do just those isolates and, and uh, indeed enhance nitric oxide production at the endothelial level, it'll be a short burst of uh, uh, like a spike, ironically, a spike in production, uh, but also uh, without all of the comprehensive supplemental ingredients like in Cardio Miracle, um, you're also going to produce what's known as peroxynitrite, which is a very dangerous free radical, a pro-inflammatory component one of the most vicious of them. And that normally will rise when you produce more nitric oxide. So the beauty and and I would say the miracle of cardio miracle is that John Hewlett developed this uh, and counteracted. He didn't know he was doing it until it was studied by Dr. Malinsky uh, at the, I think Ohio state was at university mm-hmm. or Ohio university. And, and in this peer reviewed publication, he was, you know, flooding the tissues, the endothelial, endothelial cells with this cardio miracle and he found not a spike of production of nitric oxide, but a sustained 24 hours or more production of nitric oxide and a reduction of the peroxynitrite by upwards of 50%. So the negative uh, side of uh, that production was not, you know, was not a problem. It was countered. And it was something that uh, Malinsky said no one had ever done before. And John Hewlett didn't know he did it until Malinsky told him. So it's a profound in- enhancement over anybody that's attempting to, um, really stimulate that production of nitric oxide so we don't have that downside corresponding that would create more pro-inflammatory events and make things worse wow okay so cardio miracle and where can people find that by the way uh i don't know do you have a link to cardio miracle if not i mean they're well more than welcome to come on over to robertscottbell.com i have a big banner that you can get a great discount on it it's something i've been doing it every day for a couple of years now and, you know, it was, I didn't do it because I thought spike proteins would get me. I did it a little before all that happened, but it was really to facilitate, you know, oxygen delivery, all the things the blood is supposed to do, uh, opening up the vasculature. So I had, you know, an ease of delivery of oxygen and, and then the uptake of the CO2 and everything else that is supposed to happen. Uh, and I found my, you know, my fitness levels went up uh, extraordinarily. I mean, I was already doing a lot of fitness work and kickboxing and things. And suddenly, you know, <laughs> I was doing the same thing, but at lower and lower levels of heart rate, right? The efficiency by which I was able to deliver oxygen, even in intense exercise workout regimens, you know, stunning, you know, in my mid fifties, I couldn't do this in my twenties and I'm doing it now. So for me, it isn't so much, even though your question is valid because of what's happening right now, that is unique, why we need to do this. But even if we were outside of that, that situation, uh, the fact is, if you want to be fit, and be able to do extraordinary things with the body that you have, this is something I would do every day anyway. Okay. So definitely something to look into and you're right on target, right? Prevention is always the key and staying ahead of the curve. Now let's say somebody's behind the curve and they have, you know, some type of immediate injury that needs immediate medical attention, or maybe you know, it's a life-threatening event, a cardio event or something, and they have no choice and they have to go to the hospital. What kind of steps can people take if they must go into the hospital to make sure that they actually come out of the hospital? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, and this is, this is about preparation. If you have to, to understand the contracts uh, and the adhesion clauses within them that allow them to do horrible things to you. When you sign in the admission papers, you think it's just an innocent thing. We need to sign this so we can admit you. But there's a lot of things you need to read through. And and obviously if you're going in and you're the injured party, it's not likely you're going to be able to do that. So you better have an advocate with you that can cross through anything. Like they say, you know, 
we uh, reserve the right to give you biologic should we need to or decide we need to. What does that mean? Basically, it means that you're signing off on their ability to vaccinate you with anything, including experimental COVID jabs. So that's, you know, an aspect of of this that we must engage in the legal um, realities of going into a hospital so that at least you take that out of the equation, make it a little bit more difficult for them to do that. The other thing is you might have to have, you know, an advocate with with you that has a power of attorney so that they can be present. And it's an advocate as a protector of you, because as we found, their goal is to isolate you, to eliminate anybody looking out for you from being present in the hospital with you by claims that it's COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID. And, you know, you could be in there for an injury that's life-threatening or a heart attack event and not related. Could be jab-related, though. But regardless, they're going to try and keep you isolated so that they can do the things, whether it be remdesivir, Paxlovid, uh, ventilators, different things that would stop you from breathing, um, you know, morphine-like drugs or anti-anxiolytics, combining them all, and it it basically would induce death. Uh, So we've got to remember that if you have to go into a hospital, you better have an advocate that is ready to be belligerent in your defense, in defense of your life, because the protocols that are happening in hospitals even if there may be good people still left in there, they're overwhelming them and saying, you know, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're out of a job. And then these people are worried about being homeless and on and on. So they're sacrificing lives. And in other words, they're participating in murderous events, even though they don't want to, but they're, you know, when they're asked about it, well, I had to, I was told to, I was following orders. This is again, the Nazification of the medical system, even further than it already had been for decades, because much of modern medicine emerged from, the so-called advances made on experiments done in concentration camps by doctors during World War II, Nazi Germany. So we're dealing with Nazi medicine. It's just become more obvious uh, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of this started in Operation Paperclip after the war when they brought all these Nazis over here and they gave them prominent positions in, uh, you know, universities and government laboratories and things like that. And that's where they come up with all these nutcase ideas, Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the lineage is very clear. If you follow back and track back history, how did we get here? Modern medicine was already the third leading cause of death before COVID. It is more clearly become number one. And this is not even including the cause of cancer and heart disease, which is many of what they uh, their medical interventions, drugs, et cetera, even vaccines that precipitate both cardiac events and cancer events. Of course, the cardiac events have become more overt and obvious because of COVID jabs and things. Uh, But the reality is, if you want to live, stay out of a hospital, if at all possible. Yeah. And that's what we've been telling people for the last couple of years when it became apparent that they're just executing people in there. Now, um, you mentioned the pharmaceutical industry and you mentioned heart disease and cancer, which was probably what the two leading causes of death before COVID came around. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the pharmaceutical industry, as you, as you say, a lot of these drugs are really not that good for you that they give for these conditions. I mean, we had the, you know, the Vioxx debacle, which was very public, but there's been others that not as widely known. Um, what do you think about these cancer drugs? I mean, they're doing more harm than good, right? Yeah, more people die of the treatment of cancer than die of cancer by far. And that's that's a known issue. I mean, just read uh, G. Edward Griffin's work, A World Without a Cancer. Uh, and you'll learn about a lot of that history. Also follow my friend Ty Bollinger and their work with the truth about cancer right now. Uh, you know, we're just finishing up the, the uh, what is it called, uh, Propaganda Exposed Uncensored Edition, nine-part series as well. And you'll see a lot of the history of, of cancer treatment is about suppression of alternatives of things that work. 
and uh, an attack on those who would actually proclaim that they have cures that don't involve chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. And and you know, also the acknowledgement of what we've just said here that a lot of cancer is actually caused by what modern medicine does long before you have cancer. Uh, and so uh, it is the leading cause of death in the West, not the third leading cause. I argue the first leading cause of death. Mm, okay. So instead of doing that, if somebody does have cancer, where do you think they should start um, on their way to actually getting well? Well, seeking out people that don't try to poison you back to health, because that's an absurdity to begin with. And I'm a freedom guy. So if you feel like you want to integrate or do that, that's that's your call. But right now, operating in a monopoly, you often don't have the choice. And if you try to dig deep on it and you you say, well, where can I get this in America? You have to leave the United States of America to get this treatment. You know, like to go over to Mexico and they're more free in the the access to alternative or what we call complementary or even natural treatments for cancer, like through the Gerson Clinic, et cetera. So there are many doctors outside of our borders that are doing this, some quietly doing some of these things within our borders. I would say the first state that goes full on health freedom and says, FDA, take a hike. You're not welcome in our state and welcomes all doctors and all options for healing cancer and other things. You know, when we talk about medical tourism leaving this country, whatever state does it first will become one of the wealthiest states in the nation because of the people will flock to that state to get treatment that is not going to kill them. Uh, so, uh, you know, I cover these things on my show from time to time. Of course, I wrote a book, the unlock the power to heal with Ty Bollinger. that goes into a lot of the mineral deficiencies associated with cancer. I concentrate on three primary ones. It's not all of them, but selenium is the number one mineral to protect and reverse cancer. Uh, chromium is very critical for protecting your healthy cells and their ability to use the simple sugars that ultimately are used for energy often to keep those sugars away from cancer cells. That's the chromium molecule. Also, it's good for the liver as selenium is. So detox is, is supported. And silicon or silica, a very critical is a connective tissue mineral to protect you from metastasis, which is 90% of the deaths or more. I just covered a story recently on my show out of Israel, like 90% of all cancer deaths are due to cancer metastasis, not cancer itself, growing, spreading. And how are they stopping it? We've, and, they, and in this one article, it said like 72% of these cancers could be stopped, the metastasis, if we, people just exercised, exercised, cardiac, cardio exercise. And they, their argument was not a connective tissue one like mine was, but it was a, a sugar issue. They said, you know, when you are exercising, cardio exercising, your healthy cells will gravitate and grab the energy, the sugars available to it faster than the cancer cells will. You know, the cancer cells need sugar to grow. They also need to chew through the connective tissue. That's why silica is an important mineral as well as copper. You know, that's why you do the sovereign copper as well uh, to protect the connective tissue as well as being an antiparasitic and antifungal substance. Copper is really important. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned copper earlier and that's fascinating because, you know, I hear a lot about silver and, you know, I, I take silver occasionally, um, but copper is not one that's often mentioned. So that's very fascinating. Um, so, you know, obviously they're going to be coming with more of this stuff, right? More shots, more bioweapons uh, that they call viruses and all of this. Um, so, and, you know, you're talking about the states that enact, that get rid of the FDA and do these things. Do you really, do you think because, you know, we've seen what's happened here and, and oftentimes it's people that, you know, I would, they, they talk like they're on our side of the issue, but really like when a rubber meets the road, their actions don't line up with what they say. So, yeah. 
So, I mean, do you think there's a chance that we might actually be able to get something like that done in a U.S. state? There are attempts, yes, ongoing and have been for a long time. The question of success is, uh, you know, a valid question. It's like a matter of, to me, of when, not if, uh, because the inevitability is that those that are left alive through all of this are not going to put up with it. The fact that they've survived means that they haven't and they're not going to. They've drawn a line in the sand. And I always thought this was interesting strategically. You know, they want to reduce world population. But who would they be left with? The people that are willing to fight them to the death to not be forced into these things. And so it's not going to be a great situation for those elite overlords that think they're succeeding because they're wiping out a lot of people. But the people they're wiping out are primarily the people that would have gone along with whatever they wanted to, you know, what communist agenda they had already. Yeah, That's the irony, they're wiping out their allies. Yeah, I don't think they care. I think they just want to wipe as many people out as possible. Sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, but the point to your question is what's left? The people that are willing to fight. And, you know, it's not just the people that say they're going to they're willing to fight the people that are willing and, and able and, and show that they will. And that's not me inciting violence or wanting violence. It's just an inevitability that bullies will get away with everything that they get away with when they feel you're not willing to punch back. And they'll call your bluff until you call theirs. And then suddenly they run and hide as the cowards that they are. And of course, these you know, elite overlords, so to speak, they're not all powerful, omniscient beings, even if they have technology to monitor everything. They're cowards sitting, you know, behind their ivory towers or in there or whatever. And the moment they're exposed, they run and flee like cockroaches and, you know, they'll eat their own to survive. And we forget that, you know, we, we, we kind of imbue them with powers they don't have just because they know how to fill us with fear, right? And that fear takes us off of our power supply. You know, separates us from our divinity, our source of, you know, creation, God, spirit, etc. And so their uh, target and goal and, and technique is all about keeping us in fear. Therefore, we see them as, you know, impermeable, impermeable uh, invincible, you know, if we call them monsters, whatever, uh, when they're not, they're as vulnerable, if not more vulnerable, and they're afraid, but they hide behind things and make us a little bit more afraid than they are so that they can maintain control until we're not, then all bets are off in terms of their victory. And then we see, you know, the, the thing you ask about one state, for instance, that shows it can be done. And, and again, inevitably it will happen. It's just a matter of when, not if, and how many people will we lose along the way, whether it be to COVID jabs or other draconian lockdowns and shutdowns and violence on behalf of the government, not the people. Because it's the it's the government owned by pharma and other interests, communist and otherwise, that are engaging in violence against all of us and have for a long time and convinced us that uh, if we dare to stand up in defense of our life, liberty and property, that we are the violent terrorist. And that's, again, a mind game. It's a propaganda game. And they have a lot of people believing that. And that's, you know, it's keeping many people uh, from acting. But also there's great restraint because I think the people that love freedom, by and large, are not wanton, violent you know, people like they would, they're portrayed in the media. They're very measured and they really want to keep the peace if at all possible and do it as peacefully as possible. But inevitably, as we see the history of, of, of America, you know, and the people in it and our, and our very, you know, origin point, if it takes, you know, fighting, we will do that. Not because we want to shed blood, but because they are forcing our hand and they're not allowing for any peaceable pop possibility for remediation here, much less a restoration of the freedom that our founders laid down to their posterity if we would keep it.
I think you mentioned something that's key, you know, the source um, of everything you mentioned God. And I feel like, you know, this country largely has turned its back um, on its roots, which is God, of course. And um, I think we're going to have to turn back before anything gets better. You know, this feels a lot different than things that have happened in the past or even the revolution, because it's the whole world, every country doing the same thing, right? Like every single leader, they're all saying the same exact words. Then you have um, these, you know, these NGOs that are essentially, they've usurped uh, the people's power and now control government through this corporate government comp you know, compromise thing they got going on. So, I mean, this feels quite a bit different than the wars that we fought in the past. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, there, there were books written about it, silent weapons for quiet wars, right? These are, you know, propaganda wars. They have the technology to communicate and deliver things in efficient ways that you know, never before were possible in that context. Yeah. So it is different yet the techniques and the desires of those that are trying to enslave the people of planet earth or have done so already or through, through the millennia are almost identical. It's just utilizing different technologies, you know, that can greatly accelerate their plans. And yet we have access to much of those same technologies. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's a, almost a, a stalemate at one point because they might have an advantage, but there are people that are utilizing this very same things to our advantage to communicate and to wake folks up that are, you know, maybe on the verge of doing so to see through this and no longer then will participate in the same way or, or fall prey to the fear mongering that as we talked about when we started here, you know, what is their next play? How will they get us to comply again with lockdowns and shutdowns, et cetera, and masking? Um, you know, there are a lot of things that they're attempting to do simultaneously, which meant I believe that we were on the verge of a big shift that they were very concerned oh, about yeah. that. If they didn't make that move over the last few years, they were going to lose it which means, you know, they're making a lot of mistakes by accelerating their plan, by hurrying. A lot of things are, you know, falling through the cracks. So uh, the illusion that they are so superior and so infallible and invincible is just that, an illusion. And the question is, do we play into that? Do we feed that illusion? Or do we stop? Do we stop feeding that beast mentally, emotionally, spiritually, economically, politically, all of those things? Um, that's a choice we're making at any moment. And I'm making it and you're making it. That's what makes it different now as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm in a place now where, um, Robert, I'm, I think that we basically need to be doing two things simultaneously in this country. Number one, we need to be building a parallel system and leaving the current system in mass. Uh, we need to be building our own infrastructure, our own banking, our own communications, our own everything. And when this system does collapse and it will, uh, you know, we're going to have another system that people can operate in. Um, and I think the other thing that needs to be done, we need to fix our election systems in this country if we want any hope of ever restoring what we had before. Um, you know, because as I said at the top, I mean, it's, it's, it's very clear and obvious that they just select who they want and the machine makes it happen, right? Yeah, and I, I think that part of uh, the equation, what you bring up, is also what I've tried to communicate to folks about the whole election selection issue. You'll know we have succeeded when you won't care who is president. 
And say that <laughs> our founders had set up a system with a weak centralized bureaucracy or a, a very limited bureaucracy. Now we've got an oligarchy, but the point is it didn't matter who was president that much because they could impact on our lives very minimally relative to what we see today, where they're involved in every aspect of even state and local activity from a federal level. And it makes it very difficult to beat that back, as you say, when they select the people or they corrupt the people that they don't select or threaten them or buy them any number of things, find them in, in inconvenient situations and use that to their advantage. But if we eliminated the power, uh, as our founders warned us to, you know, to maintain that stranglehold by binding them down in the chains of the Constitution, then again, it, these elections would be far less important. So as we look at the importance of the election rather than the selection, if we're still electing people into a strong centralized bureaucracy we haven't succeeded even by putting good people in because they don't even understand the machine they're entering there and there are people i believe that are running now uh in fact a friend of mine uh, jonathan emord you should have on an interview he's a he's a, an attorney that has beaten back the fda world record eight times in court and realized that even as he beats the fda and the oligarchy whether it be ftc or otherwise uh those agencies thumb their nose at even at court orders prohibiting them from doing what they're doing. You realize, my gosh, what am I doing? You know, my clients are paying me all this money to win and I win and they still can't do what they, they're they're They believe constitutionally they can do. So he's decided uh, to run for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine two, two years from now. If he raises a certain amount of money between now and first quarter, 2023, and I believe he'll do that in Dece by December. Uh, and then I'll have a man that I can say, and I know personally would not be, could not be bought and could encourage and, and, and really educate intellectually, much like Ron Paul attempted to do. And having more of those folks in can help turn back the tide against the oligarchy right now, which is more powerful than any elected representative senator or even a president. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and, too. and you know, your local politics on the state and county level are much more important. Um, yeah. As, well, at least for now, as long as we have the 10th Amendment, you know, really, if the state wants to exert its power, it can stop a lot of this, what the federal government tries to do. So mm -hmm. very fascinating, interesting uh, topics for sure. Uh, Robert, where can people find your radio program? Well, I'm on two hours a day, six days a week. If you want to come watch it at my website, robertscottbell.com. If you want to be alerted, you can be part of our newsletter subscribers. And you can just text my name or let me say my initials RSB for Robert Scott Bell RSB to the number 22828. So if you pull your phone out right now, you can go 22828, boom, and then text RSB to that. You, you'll get a response, just put your email in and so you'll be plugged into that. And then, of course, it's a, it's on all the podcast sites around the world and many video sites, Rumble as well. And uh, I'm banned on YouTube and Spotify, so uh, but we're me not too. worried about them. <laughs> You're not alone there. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're in good company. That's why I appreciate you having me on and, and I'm with you, you know, and you ask great questions and I appreciate you doing so because we want to reach people to help them see through this, not through the eyes of fear, uh, but the eyes of uh, their creator, you know, that we are not, you know, built in a spirit of fear. If we have that, then it's coming from somewhere else. And so that should be your litmus or symptom that says, oh, I'm off course. And what do I got to do to get out of fear? And that is reunite with your creator, that which is uh, more powerful than all of the bad guys put together. Bingo. That's absolutely right. Uh, it is time to turn back. Uh, hopefully we can have a Christian revival in this country and get on the right side of things. Robert Scott Bell, six days a week on the radio, robertscottbell.com. 
author, educator, homeopathic practitioner, all around American patriot. Thank you for coming on. God bless you. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate you very much. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation.